you always been someone that's been full of life and, you know, loved life, like you said? I honestly, I would say like the 80, 20% rule, I think would apply. Like, I think there's been definite moments in my life where I'm like, God, why isn't this this way? Or how come I don't have that? I, like, I didn't get married. I mean, I grew up Mennonite, like all the people I went to high school with, they were married by 20. Like it was wild having babies by 21. So like I had some shame around that. Like, what's the matter with me? You know, and I moved to Calgary and was focused on Korea and totally just different world. And, you know, I struggled with mental health, especially growing up Um, in high school. It was really like that was a big challenge. But I feel like where I'm at now, even in the midst of the hard stuff, I'm like, this is still like I still have a really amazing life. So like massive perspective Mm -hmm. shifts. But I've always like my default setting. Like I'm a cheerleader by heart. Like, let's do this. Let's go. (laughs) I love that. When you grew up, uh, was that small town Alberta or where was that? Uh, Just outside of Winnipeg. So my parents are farmers just west of the city. So I grew up on a farm there. And then I moved to Calgary when I was 21 with 300 bucks in my bank account. No job, no plan. Like a total idiot. Like new one person here. It's crazy. But when you look back, I bet you that was one of the greatest decisions that you did make. A thousand, a thousand million percent, like to see all of the aftermath that's came, that has come from that. I wish I would have like, I like tell people, I'm like, don't do what I do. Like have money in the bank account, have something lined up. But I think almost not having a plan forced me to just like roll up my sleeves and get to work. There's no plan B, no safety net, nothing. It's like, it's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. And so life, you know, you were working in Calgary and all of a sudden, you get married, you know, life happens. Yeah, my firstborn. So we had Swayze four months later, we looked at each other and we were pregnant. Like it was just wild. Um, we were told by doctors because I had all this medical complexities, tons of stomach issues, endometriosis, celiac, um, like ton of female stuff that I don't need to get into detail <laughs> on. But doctors like, you might not be able to get pregnant. And you're like, oh, that's awesome. And we had the exact opposite problem where we looked at each other and we're like, wow, we're pregnant. And so had Swayze, she was three, four months old and we're like, and we're pregnant with another one. And that was not our plan. I wanted kids close together, but it it was wild how quick it happened. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that was in, so in 2016, uh, Lewiston was born. Yeah. May of 2016. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, you know, first of all, I just got to say is like, it's amazing that you honor him daily and mm. every breath that you guys take, um, he's with you every step, every move. Yeah. And I absolutely adore that. Um, I lost my mom three years ago so is when there's something that's such a pillar, something that moves you, changes your perspective on life and understanding that life is short mm-hmm. and every day is a day to be grateful. I think, I think we have this view of life where like, I kind of feel like we're more so at, um, peace with death when you're like you're in your 80s like you've had all your grandkids you're kind of like your your body's starting to ache and like you know you're like maybe you've had one heart attack or like you know something I feel like that's how we view life like you know your toddler your kid you have your career your family you build blah blah, blah. now you become a grandparent or whatever mm-hmm. it is and, and you age out so it's like seems that so when someone's like they died at 50 or whatever you're just not it just doesn't fit into the way we thought life would go, especially when you're losing your mom. You're like, but these are like, we're, we're like at this awesome stage. So I'm sorry. So now in life, you start doing certain things and you're like, holy shit. Like, I wish you were around for certain things that I'm doing for the better of my own life. Right. Like, mom, look. And your mom's 
typically your biggest cheerleader so you're like mom I'm doing the thing like the yeah thing that we talked about like yeah. I'm doing it and you want to like you want her to witness in the amazing work that you're doing 100 she's witnessing and it's just not the same way so it kind of sucks funny my desk is um well my desk is over there but I also have her desk set up the way she had it with her phone and her computer and her cell phone and everything so it's like she's with me and even you know when she was on her way out um because we only had months to let you know how it is right with cancer brain cancer so she just would write down all these things and she was an entrepreneur too so she's like son you got to do this so I have all these paper papers of her talking to me and it's so beautiful you know to have those moments that uh, a lot of people don't get so Mm -hmm. cherish them and uh, if they left you with a gift of something I think you need to apply it and uh, not waste it I I always say like I believe um like okay so sucky because you would have gotten the exact same news hey congratulations you have this terrible disease and by the way like we're giving you months to live and you're like oh lord like oh dagger to the heart but what I saw in that was a blessing because you're like oh like I'm actually given my countdown where I think a lot of times we then waste the time. And I always go back to like the Tim McGraw um, song where it's like, I went skydiving. I'm not going to sing because I'll scare people away. <laughs> but like you then are like, oh, I'm going to just do the things and like really lean into that time, not take it for granted. Like, mm-hmm. oh, mama, I'll, I'll catch you next week. You're like, no, I'm not going to go to the event that I feel like I should because, oh, it's the right thing to do or whatever. You're like, screw it. I'm your, your attention just gets so laser focused because you know that it's so precious and that really is true of life except sometimes it takes a diagnosis and someone's saying fyi not gonna make your first birthday or you have months to live and that i mean i looked at that like a blessing being like wow okay we only had this much time let's make Mm -hmm. it all count Mm -hmm. much Mm -hmm. but uh you know phases right in life and for me, I focused, like you said, on those months. That's when my focus happened and my alertness where I said, oh, shit, this is all I have left is these moments. So you remember what she was wearing, you remember things. And mm-hmm. back then you're just like, hey, guys, hey, mom, yeah. hey, dad, and just move on with life. Right? You just, I'll call you don't later. You, yeah. yeah, don't you find like you would squeeze a little bit longer, like you'd hold a hug, like a couple more seconds yes. and, and like you would. I feel like you press into those memories. Like I remember dancing with Lewiston and I just remember like being like, I really don't care how stupid I look. Like I, mm-hmm. if this is the last dance party, if this is the last moments that we get with him, I want it to be that I was all in. And and now I just live like that. And I think people think I'm off some type of drug. I literally had someone be like, what kind of drug are you on? I was like, it's called the drug of life. And I yeah, love high it. High on and life. Like, yes. Yeah. One thing that we both went through was uh hope holding on to hope and uh Mm -hmm. you know praying for that miracle to happen yeah (laughs) how was that for you and what was that journey like you know the craziest thing i i I mean i go to church it's no secret and we were just talking that this family at our church they had their daughter like insane kind of same thing brain thing in icu non-responsive you know everyone's praying they got their miracle And like, that's when I get so mad and rageful where I'm like, and I use a lot of choice words, but I'm like, what did I do wrong that I couldn't get my miracle? But my mom said this and it changed my perspective of everything because we were holding on to hope. And I felt like I lived in two worlds, which, you know, can be a big, um, it can spend a lot of energy. 
it's how I chose it. Like one was like, I was like, every doctor is going to be wrong. We're going to find a miracle drug. He's going to defy the odds. Like he's going to be playing baseball. I was like envisioning his baseball game. I don't know why baseball oh, plays like, I'm buying I'm buying hot dogs for every doctor in that audience. I'm buying cans of Coke and popcorn. And they're going to be like, what? This kid was nice. You said he couldn't live. And that is not our story. He died and we had a funeral and like, here we are. But this whole piece was, is like, I prayed for that miracle. And my mom said this to me. And at the time I wanted to punch her in the face. She said, Jess, she's like, what if the miracles after he dies? And I was like, oh, so now, like I, a, a girlfriend met her husband at one of our fundraising events. Now she has like this amazing partner in life. Like we've been able to bless families and give them these small little miracles of like the gift of having a bike ride as a family, because we were able to buy an accessible bike or the gift of taking their kid to the beach because we bought a special wheelchair and like all these little things that have come about where you've met new people or new experiences. And so golly like I think this is life you're like you think it should go one way like live to your 80 you know this is how the timeline that I want stuff why am I not married yet or whatever it is mm -hmm. and then you're praying for this thing and it doesn't happen and I think where people get disconnected is is they usually throw in the towel and then they like fold their arms and like nah, my life's just gonna yes. suck and you get bitter and, yeah and resentful and angry and they become assholes there's a lot of them out there yeah. and <laughs> and but i will say there's way more good people than there are bad people i'm looking for all the good the the a-holes i just am like tune them out keep on moving forward but i was like imagine if you just shift and be like all right okay we didn't get that miracle what's next mm -hmm. Where, where's it gonna be and rather than sitting and waiting in the misery, you're like an anticipation. You're like all in. You're like, okay, where's it going to be? What, what's going to happen? How can I show up? What's what's the blessing? Where's that? Start doing that. Like, this is why literally I think people think I'm on crack cocaine. Because I'm like, I'm, I'm like, what's next? What's happening? Yeah, we had some bad stuff happen. Okay. But it's like, okay, well, what's the next good thing? I don't want to waste my days. And I know you don't want to either because you know that life is precious. Oh, yes. And unfortunately it had taken certain tragic moments for us to realize life is precious, didn't it? Yeah. And the and friendships it, and the people mm -hmm. around you, it's everything matters. It's all time and energy. And that's all we have mm -hmm. at exchange. Yeah. I think it was go clean go that they said time is the new currency. And I now say time is my most precious currency. Like money will come and go our whole lives. You know, you make some, you lose some, you lose a lot, whatever it is. You have none, you have lots, whatever it is. You give away, you, you build up your wealth and you do all these things. But like time is like that, it is the most precious commodity because when it's gone, like you don't get that opportunity to have it back. So like, how are you making your time matter? Your moments matter? How do you make them count? You know, for the listeners, Jessica, what... what was the story with Lewis in 2016. So he was just shy of his six months, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. His birth. The, the long and the short of it. You can also buy my book on Amazon. I'm yeah. shamelessly pleasuring myself. Br bring the joy. <laughs> bring the joy. Amazon Prime that stuff because I got some sitting in the warehouse in Vancouver and I keep getting emails being like, we're going to remove your inventory. I'm like, don't worry, people are going to buy the book. Okay, <laughs> okay I'll definitely the throw the link in. And it, <laughs> it's on your you. website, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can buy it from, from my website. You can buy it from Amazon if you're in the States. It's in Barnes & Noble. It's on Audible, all the places. 
the long and the short of it was healthy kid, easy. Like literally I had him, I walked to the hospital eight hours later. I'm at home having pizza and watching like the Western finals for the NHL. Husband's a huge hockey fan. Two months we go on a trip. He's like struggling with colicky. I'm like the only one that can hold this kid. He's like super cranky. I thought if we took him to a Cairo, I'd get him in alignment after like two, three weeks of testing. And we were in Winnipeg, then come back here. They basically said, Hey, like, we're really sorry, but like, we believe your kid to have spinal muscular atrophy type one, by the way, there's no current treatments. Um, our role will just be to keep your son comfortable. And we don't think he'll make his first birthday because he's declining so quickly. And you're like, Oh, okay. And I was like, I really hope you're wrong. You can't be that smart. You're only a neurologist, which is like one of the top doctors with the most schooling. And then in November, I mean, we lived the majority of the rest of his life in Alberta children's and then the hospice that they have there, which is an incredible facility. And I'd be like, we're going home. It's going to be okay. And then we're like, oh my gosh, he's dying. And you do that enough. And finally at the six month mark, um, we just, our, our fight was always like, if he has fight, we have fight. But like, I also want to be okay to let him go. Um, knowing for us, quality of life was a huge thing yes. and, and to watch him struggle for every breath was, was very difficult. And so, um, yeah, he passed away November 22nd, 2016. So it's been almost six years as we're recording this six years, my goodness. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's those pictures of, uh, <laughs> that just that hit home for me one was uh mm. gonna show it to you right here it's it's so adorable this one right here oh on Avenue mm. magazine with uh yes oh. yeah we just that was us bringing joy like you're like how do we how we know you're dying okay this mm. sucks and it's like how do we have fun how do we show up and, and smile more and bring joy and I relate to some like, you know what, you don't always get to choose your circumstances, but you get to choose your response. So I couldn't take him out of the four walls. I mean, you could have, but I'm not leaving the hospital with the doctors and the nurses and all the equipment. And so we're like, we, we, we the four walls, what we've been given, we can't change that, but we can change our response. Right. You change your response, you change your outcome every damn time. So the outcome was, is we do have these joyful moments. I remember that. Like we were laughing, we're like, how ridiculous is this? We're stuck in a hospital on Unitree, yeah. can't go anywhere, but like we're wearing these silly masks. And I made the doctors um, all wear those in one of the round meetings. And like, you should have seen them. They're all, you know, in residents and trying to be serious and prove that they're, you know, know their medical stuff. Oh. And they were just laughing and it was, it was wild. And look at his eyes and just, you know, when I look at him, he looks like a happy boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was, was he a... Um... A strong warrior till the end, pretty much. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, that's honest. Yeah. That, when he was like, we, you know, you, you take off all of the breathing equipment and the, the feeding tubes. And I just remember, I remember being like, I don't know if anyone's had to watch somebody die. Um, but I was like, I thought it would have gone a lot faster. And it, it, it a little bit, um, it was a long process. And I remember just being like, are you done? Like, I'm like, is this your last breath? Cause like when you're waiting for that moment, and I felt like he was um, being really brave. And it was in the moment that we just kind of switched. We took him for a bath because yeah. that was where he was most at peace and super comfortable. You could just yeah. see him. And when we finally said, like, buddy, it's okay. That was, uh, yeah. that was it. And and it just felt like he was he was holding on and almost like waiting for that permission. And then, like, there was just this beautiful exchange between him and my husband. And... Um, 
and then so much peace and then so much grief and sadness all at the same time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and i think you know that many months in and you seeing uh, a loved one especially someone so no voice yet can't walk it's um vulnerable uh, such a beautiful soul and yeah you, you, you're helpless to enable this person that's a tough place to be isn't it totally like you're like are you okay are you comfortable and they can't say oh could you adjust me so this is all by feel yeah. all by just like being in that moment trying to be as present as possible knowing what but it's, a, par it's a parent's touch you know mom and dad's know right yep they do you guys have devoted so much energy and time into this and you don't realize the shock right and that now mm -hmm. there's this void for a while all of a sudden mm -hmm. um, in that void in that silence uh yes there are uh, support systems and individuals out there for you but no one can um help you you know it's you got to help yourself out of that and get yourself um into mm -hmm. some some light again how did you do that because that's just you know it's it's a tough place I think you said it exactly what the biggest key to changing our story so that we didn't keep the shades drawn. We didn't stay in bed. We didn't yeah. like we put on, um, was that like we helped ourselves and for my husband, it was totally different from myself. And, and for myself, I had a different way of navigating grief and the loss. Yeah. The two biggest things that I would say was, is that I just was like, I refused to let it swallow me whole. So I showed up which meant like I showered, I put on makeup, I got out the door. I, I, I say I put on my power shoes, whether that be your running shoes and you went for movement or I put on clothes that made me feel good. But the second most important thing is, is I asked for help. And whether that was like going to therapy, whether that was connecting with girlfriends, whether that was like, hey, I've got this idea. I want to honor my son. Would you join me in that? I think we find so much shame in asking for help. And I have this quote, I'm going to see if I can find it. But it was like, we often don't want to ask people because we don't want to feel like an inconvenience or burden them. But what we don't allow them to do is, is people are actually wired to serve and wired to help. Like you look at a disaster, call it a hurricane, and then people will step up and you, like, look at what happened here in Calgary when we had those massive floods. People were like, we need help. Random strangers. I remember going into some old man's basement in High River with my like designer hunter <laughs> rubber boots. I'm like, oh, oh God, yeah. these are going to get trashed because I didn't know the severity of it until you were there. And I'm hauling up like these ancient dolls and his family's history. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. But there was a call for help. And we're inherently good people like you want to help, whether it's writing a check, whether it's serving, whatever it is. And so I think there's power in just saying, hey, I'm not OK. And then asking for help and saying, hey, I, I need help. Could could someone, I, I need to get out of the house or could someone go do a workout with me? Or like, I'm really sad. The, the key here is, is that you remove the expectation of who shows up. Because I put expectations of people that were really close in my life. And I just think they didn't know how they got uncomfortable in, in death. They didn't, they were like, oh, so they mm -hmm. retreated. I think that's where then people like get disappointed and frustrated. And they're like, well, I'm not going to ask for help because Susan didn't show up for me. And Susan should have showed up for me. Problem is, is you're shitting on shoes, Susan, which is just shitting on somebody. Like, you don't know what Susan's walking through. And like, I just trust the process now. I'm like, hey, it's me. I need some help. And then I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see who's going to show up. 
And like, I'm ready in anticipation. And it's often these random strangers on the internet or people in your community that you're like, wow, you're amazing. And that's how I've met some of my closest friends now. Cause these people are like, I'm going to help you. And then I'm like, oh man, you're really cool. I, I love your energy and thanks for showing up. So it's like, you change that. Navigating the tough stuff is t a totally different story. And things just start tumbling and going, right? And the wheel starts spinning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And that's um, the virality of um, change and positivity and good. And instead of focusing on darkness, and like you said, the assholes, it's focusing on the light and the good people. Mm -hmm. And that, totally. that energy is exchanged and it's very powerful to focus mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many things that I'm amazed of you and in awe of you jessica one is you are who you are online and in person um thank you i met you at uh we were at i think it was the jack singer or something you were speaking at that one event and then you and i were walked outside and we were talking and i was like holy smokes i left our conversation and i was like i felt better about myself mm. and you just you left me with a good feeling and i was like that's a good person that's empowerment right there, especially after, again, what you had gone through. My mom was still around at that time, but I was just, I was in awe. And so thank you for that. And um, the other thing is, you know how you say that people must think you're on crack and wild <laughs> and all these things. One thing I got to say is you you did pause. You have gone within yourself. And it's not like you're, you're on to the next thing and running around and chasing things. Mm -hmm. so you're avoiding being with yourself. You have, I mean, you've written, bring bring the joy mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that takes time to write a book relive mm -hmm. it every day again mm -hmm. on this podcast sharing the story all the time mm -hmm. i mean 2016 to today it still hurts it's still that the pain's still there mm -hmm. and i don't think i'll ever go, go away it's how you navigate through it isn't it, mm -hmm. it a, a yeah. thousand percent yeah. when you look at uh, your life were you always an extrovert uh yeah yeah. Like, I mean, I remember my mom and then you heard Cheryl Sandberg came out with her book. Yeah. Um, and it was so funny. My mom's like, don't be so bossy. Don't be so bossy. Like, I think I've always just had this very strong personality type, confident, assertive, mm -hmm. like, hey, I've got this wild idea. And I think that it helped that I just, I, I looking back, like I, I've worked very hard at this, but for the most part, I don't really give two shits what people think about me because I know that people are always going to have opinions of me yes. why would you do that that's stupid yeah. oh you think you can do that like I had somebody comment and I my social media is 99% of the time amazing positive great people encouraging me but I had someone like just rip into me for chewing gum and having my mouth open in a reel because I, I chew a lot of gum I have ADHD I was at an event I chose not to drink that night so I was chewing gum because it just helped keep me distracted because I was like oh I want a glass of wine and I'm like, the person on the other, like the people are always going to have the opinions. And so it really helps when you're like, man, it doesn't matter what the person in the bleachers who created a fake profile, who doesn't follow you to comment on you, because that can really mess with your head. And it's really helped that I'm like, I know my true worth on the inside and everyone can have their opinions and say the things mm -hmm. about me. But at the end of the day, I'm in check. I'm aligned with my values and my heart is in the right spot. And if to somebody else, it doesn't look right or they didn't like what I said or how I showed up, that's just their opinion of me. But I'm just going to keep forging ahead on where I know I need to be and what I'm called to do. For sure. And people make mistakes and I think people can learn. And I don't think people need to get traumatized by failure. I think you, you can grow, go or grow through what you're going through. Yes.
oh, that's my every day. Honestly, like I looked at my bank account balance and my business was like, wow, most people would consider that a failure. And I'm like, this is just an opportunity to grow. You know what I mean? Like you're like, we're all just figuring it out and it's hard. It is very hard. And especially um, in the times that we've all been in, right? Recently, it's like, where, what's the future hold? The uncertainty. Mm -hmm. But I think you you learn to um, listen a little more, um, spend time with people that you admire a little, and you, mm -hmm. you tune in, don't you? And you understand what they're going through. So, mm -hmm. no, that's amazing. How did the foundation get started? Because, by the way, you guys have raised over a million dollars now. We're almost, we're now in our verbiage, it says nearly two million because we're really close to the two million dollar mark, which is really exciting. I actually have to get an update because we were... I, for us to hit our goal this year, the goal is 400,000. Um, we started our, our charity foundation in 2017. We started mm -hmm. a nonprofit, became an official charity in 2021. That was a way more crazy complicated. So now we can offer tax receipts. We do really incredible work. Right. But it was just our response to grief. It was our response to like, rather than sitting in the, why did my son die? Why does my life mm -hmm. suck? This was our like, so now what? And my son, now what was, is like, Lewiston has a legacy and there's a lot of gaps in um, the SMA world. And there's a lot of good we can do with his his life and his legacy and his story. And so this was our response to the question. Right. So now what? And it's been so cool. And the work that we do, I so believe in. And I have another big idea that we're probably going to talk about hopefully in the new year coming like accessible house. I mean, I'm already, I'm already leaking it. Accessible yeah, housing. Exactly. I'm like, there's such a gap in the market. I'm like, we're building houses across Canada that are actually accessible. My husband, I was talking about it to him last night. He's like, I could just see him being like, oh boy, here we go again. Chance has got another crazy idea. <laughs> when you when you look at the fun you guys have, I mean, you guys have done the auctions, uh, mm -hmm. the humans on the stage. I think they're yeah. selling off people, and oh my god, every every um, you know, creating the love for Lewiston Foundation is a celebration of life every day, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's know. making the, it's like celebrating the moments. I just wonder if people would celebrate the moments a little bit more. Like I celebrate, like my kid. I'm in toddler stages. Like he screams and loses his ever loving blessed mind over like not having the orange cup like t yesterday morning. And I wanted to just flip my lid and be like, are you effing kidding me? But I was like, I'm going to just enjoy this moment. Cause why my kid's got a voice. He's got healthy lungs. He's able to tell me, communicate, do all these things. It's like just shifting perspective, just making the moments matter. And trust me, I flip my lid as a parent where I'm like, if you don't shut up in the back of the car, like I'm turning around and you're never getting your iPad again. Like, I'm not trying to paint that I'm a saint. I'm not. What I want people to hear is, is like, just change your perspective on the moments, these small little bits, man, I'm going for a walk. Holy crap. I've got legs. I got out of my car. I didn't need anybody's help. And get I wiped my own ass today. Yep. That is joy. That is blessing. That is gratitude. Do that. Those little moments compound big. And then you're like, holy shit, I'm living my best life. Yeah. This is friggin' amazing. You Trust know, me. I had $12 in my business bank account a couple days ago. 12. 12 friggin' dollars. Like my life is far from perfect people. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm just not going to let the $12 determine everything else in my life. You know, it's funny though, when you're in that state, where yes, things could look perfect, but it's not. And you don't need to always highlight the negative, right? Like you said, um, you know, I have down days just like anybody else. And my, but my dog will kind of indirectly force me, dad, let's go for a walk. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to go for a walk. Mm -hmm. But you go for that walk mm 
-hmm. and you're happy, you're light, you're free, um, your shoulders are down. There's something about it. For anybody that's struggling with mental health or going through something um, mm -hmm. that you had gone through, what is what are some tips that you could give and some advice? <clears throat> take a deep breath. That's where you're going to just start. Like you're just going to take a deep breath because I know all too well what it feels like when a million thoughts are coming at you telling you you're worthless, you're stupid, your life is messed up. There's lots of other choice words that I would use. So in this moment, if you are navigating that and your brain is offering you a lot of bad, dark, scary stuff, you're just going to take a deep breath. Take a couple of those. Mm -hmm. And then you have to ask for help. You have to tell somebody that you're not okay. And there's amazing amounts of crisis lines. And the most practical thing that I can tell someone to start with is just this gratitude piece. And then people are like, my life sucks and whatever. And this isn't rocket science. It's proven to change brain chemistry, but you got to get moving and you got to start with some gratitude. And I didn't thank myself and, and thank my body and, and, and thank God for my own legs. Like I just took them for freaking granted. Like my arms move, I can button up my own shirt, I can fluff my hair, pick my nose, wipe my butt. That's where you can start. If those are the things, it's like, man, I was able to go to the bathroom and wipe my own butt today. How great is that? Like, man, I got to, like there's food in my fridge and clothes in the closet. And, um, you know, like I've got rotting milk because I probably should do a fridge clean out, whatever. Just start with a, a list of gratitude and then get moving just at one step in front of the other. And your brain will fight you all the way if you are in a very dark spot. But what I want you to know is it is possible to rewire your brain. It's like neuroscience. You can rewire your brain. So if you just do a tiny bit of work each day, your life can totally change. Interesting. You know, it's, um, yeah, we always focus on the big picture. And uh, like you said, you only got $12 in your bank account, but what about, oh, I need to make this much money. I need to become this successful in life. And we're always chasing that. Mm -hmm. um, and we forget all the little things, don't we? Mm -hmm. That's why I was like, today I was like, I'm run club. We're, we're uh, today. This is, this is awesome. This is my goodness. Cause like, I literally, I picture, and I don't know why my therapist was like, well, you just have a really high awareness of mortality. Like, you know, it's just, that's how my life is. Like if I get hit by a bus, amazing. Like, like I've, I'm going all in. My life has been amazing. I just think I did that just like, if something happens today, if it's my day is marked, if I was only given, my son was given 179 days. If you were only given 179 days, how would you show up? What would you change? What would shift? You know, we oftentimes think um, we need to be good enough, but enough is just, that's what you need to be. You just need to be enough. You don't need to be good enough. You can just be you. Yeah. That's it. Make peace with that. Mm -hmm. Game changer. So if someone wants your book and if someone wants to donate, what can they do, Jess? Okay, donate. Loveforlewiston.ca. I don't know when this is going out. We're in Thanksgiving, but I will say I'm I had a goal of 60 grand and um in the last um, week, we have had more than seven applications of families coming to us and saying, like, we need a wheelchair. I want my kid to be in physiotherapy, but like my insurance has been tapped out since February. Mm -hmm. And so we're putting out a call to action to our community, whether it is five or $10, 200, 2000. If you want to write me a check for a hundred thousand, we take it all. 
Um, you can donate at loveforlewiston.ca and every single dollar and moment, maybe your company and you've got some matching programs. I'm happy to come in and speak to your company, tell people about why we do um, what we do, where we're pouring in the funds. It would mean the world. And then if you want to connect with me, it's on social media at the Jessica Jansen. I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram. Those are my two platforms of choice. And my book's on Amazon or it's on Audible. So get it. It's a really fun, light read. You can find out about my Costa Rican lover, my romance with my husband, Hot Ronnie, and our journey with Lewiston and how we are bringing the joy to the everyday. Perfect. Well, thanks for your time today, Jess. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're amazing. Thanks for having me, Zach. And, and then let's connect. I feel like you and I've got some more. Mm -hmm.